Welcome everyone to a Monday edition of Couch Potato Diary coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. They are your one-stop local residential commercial cleaning company based out of Calgary with a fantastic team ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Check them out online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. You can find me online, social media, Twitter, and Instagram. I am at primetimecline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk, and you can email the show, couchpotatodiary, at yahoo.com. Coming up on the show today, we're going to run through a wild weekend in the National Football League and a very weird UFC. Uh, Thank you so much for joining today. All right, so week one, basically in the books, aside from a Monday night showdown between Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos against his former team, the Seattle Seahawks. Sunday closed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beating the Dallas Cowboys 19-3, so we were correct on the under on that game. A lot of talk about, oh, people were talking about Tom Brady being gone, and now look at this, he is back, they win 19-3. It's like, this was... The furthest thing from an impressive performance. Uh, I feel very much like like GSP. Like, I am not impressed by your performance. Uh, that was really bad, and I apologize. But I, I th- there was nothing about this game that impressed me <laughs> on either side. Um, like, th- there's just... Yeah, I don't know. Brady, 18-27, 212 yards. Uh, one touchdown, one interception. Cool. Leonard Fournette run, ran a bunch. That's that's awesome. Um, but, like, they just... They had the ball a ton. Like, and then... Uh, Dak Prescott gets hurt, which really opens the door in the NFC East. And there's going to be a lot of overreacting um, happening about the NFC East this week. But I like this is obviously a devastating blow to the Dallas Cowboys, who kind of needed everything to be best case scenario this year if they were going to to take another step into the postseason. And now you, you look at it, you have an offensive line. That isn't very good. You have a uh, running back in Ezekiel Elliott who does kind of feel like he's on his last legs. Now you have no starting quarterback um, in in Dak Prescott here for the next little while. It just makes you wonder where this season's going to go for the Dallas Cowboys. Probably nowhere good um, because th- this this feels like a deeply, deeply flawed football team. Honestly, so does Tampa Bay. Dallas just couldn't take advantage of that. Um, sticking in the NFC East, I guess, I, I do caution a little bit um the, the Giants beating the Titans 21 to 20 that didn't feel like a, a very real impressive win um you also look at Washington beating Jacksonville 28 22 admittedly like we were all over Jacksonville and there's a bit of Jags gonna jag on this one and I think that is kind of um a bit of a lesson learned for me coming out of week one is uh put a lot of faith into bad teams and it didn't necessarily pan out all that much, but Washington that went over Jacksonville. Like Jacksonville couldn't get anything done in the red zone, but they were moving the ball quite effectively on the um, on Washington. I thought throughout the day. So Washington isn't all that impressive. Philadelphia, I think, comes away with the most impressive win. And this is why when we go back next year and teams are like, well, look at how many close games they lost. The Philadelphia Detroit game was not close until it was, which is a weird thing to say. But Philadelphia was in complete control of that game. They back off. Detroit did what they did a year ago and were able to push the ball down the field and take advantage of garbage time and make games close because they're not going away.
way. So from a covering standpoint, they're going to be a bit of a problem. But from an actual football standpoint, this team still has a ways to go. And I think people forgot that coming out of uh, Hard Knocks and coming into this season. But the Eagles, so clearly the toast of the, the NFC East after week one. The toast of the NFC North is very clear. We talked coming in like this was a gigantic week one matchup. And look at that. It was a gigantic week one matchup. And Minnesota dominates. 23-7 ends up being the final. Um, and again, Aaron Rodgers kind of looking lost out there. No touchdowns, one interception, 195 yards passing on the day. They couldn't get anything going on the ground. Um, neither Jones nor Dylan gets over 100 yards, or gets over 50 yards even for the day. And A.J. Dillon is the number one receiver for, for Green Bay. For Minnesota, Kirk Cousins looking pretty good. Delvin Cook looking his normal dominant self. And then Justin Jefferson. There's just no answer for this man. He looks like he has taken another step into being the best receiver in the National Football League. I know I've thrown that around for Devontae. I know I've thrown that around for Debo Samuel. Um, but this doesn't that this one doesn't feel like hyperbole. That this is a that this is clear that Justin Jefferson now is the best receiver in the NFL, and Minnesota is exactly that problem that we said they were going to be going into this season. Um the Chargers with a 24-19 win over the Raiders. And this is, I think, again, an excellent example of what we were talking about with the Raiders coming into this season. They have the ball late, driving down, trying to win the game, and the offensive line doesn't hold up. Mack gets the, the, the strip sack, the Chargers recover, and the game is over. This Raiders team is going to be good and going to be able to hang around in games, but that offensive line is going to be a major problem, especially when the game is on the line. And I think that was so apparent in the Raiders' loss against the Chargers. That's going to be a big issue for them. The Chargers, not as dominant as I thought they were going to be over a Vegas team that I thought had quite a bit of holes to take advantage of. Keenan Allen gets banged up in this game, but uh, the, the Chargers didn't look like the best team in the AFC West. I still think they are. But Kansas City, with a just absolute ass-kicking of the Arizona Cardinals, 44-21 ends up being the final. Patrick Mahomes, 360 yards passing, five touchdowns on the day. Uh, Travis Kelsey, the main target, uh, target, with 121 yards through the air. Juju Smith-Schuster gets six receptions as well, uh, and then MVS with four receptions, if you're wondering how that all played out. Um, and Pacheco with the boatload, well, with the majority, I guess, of the carries over uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Jarek McKinnon. But we, we warned coming into this that this is not an Arizona team that is ready for this kind of smoke, and Kansas City is out to prove, um, I think, that last year was a mistake, and they got sloppy at the worst time, and that was a statement from Kansas City, the exact type of statement that we were looking for from them. Now they have a chance to make another statement on the first Thursday night game of the, the new Amazon era when they take on the... LA Chargers. Uh, continuing to, to scroll through this here, New Orleans with a 27-26 win over Atlanta. From a fantasy football perspective, Marcus Mariota, I think, needs to be a target moving forward. I, I thought he was so efficient moving the football with this Atlanta Falcons team. I, I thought he was dangerous with his legs. I think he was 
uh, at least a little bit dangerous with his arm as well, although only 215 yards through the air. But Mariota, 12 carries for 72 yards. He does rush into the end zone. Cordero, uh, Cordero Patterson also with a big day. Drake London with five receptions for 74 yards. And at the end of the day, though, New Orleans does come away with a win. Uh, Jarvis Landry with a big day. Michael Thomas gets into the end zone a couple of times. I... I think Atlanta is better than I was giving them credit for. Um, I do think there are going to be a few growing pains on the defensive side of the ball this year as they were not able to close things out against New Orleans, but a, a fine showing from Atlanta and at least a team I have an eye on moving forward. Um, and honestly, like I don't think New Orleans... This wasn't the statement where it's like, hey, maybe New Orleans can challenge Tampa Bay for that top spot. But like we said before, Tampa Bay did not look unchallengeable. Uh, we put a lot of faith into Carolina, but they lose to the Cleveland Browns 26-24. One thing that I think I underestimated coming into this season is how good the rest of this Browns team is away from Jacoby Brissett. And Jacoby just kind of has to keep both hands on the steering wheel, just kind of keep it between the white lines uh, until Deshaun Watson gets back, because this is a very good football team. Uh, you know what we think about Nick Chubb, uh, Kareem Hunt, awful person, pretty good at football. And the, the receiving core, you don't love, but they, they played all right. And then defensively, they came up with big plays at times. Um, Baker Mayfield was able to get through them kind of easily. I thought Carolina's defense for the second year in a row was going to be better than they were. But this looks like another one that um, Matt Rule, I don't think, is is surviving the season out there in Carolina. Um so the Browns win. They are tied with two other teams atop the AFC North. Baltimore, who just took care of business against a bad Jets football team. That's all that has to be said there. Um, and the Steelers, with a 23-20 win in the weirdest way against the Cincinnati Bengals. This Cincinnati team and this Pittsburgh team have both given us something to, I think, keep an eye on going into next week. Were the issues protecting Joe Burrow about the offensive line still being bad or about Pittsburgh's defensive front seven being very good? Because that was something that was uh, a talking point a year ago. I'm, I'm going to be watching what Pittsburgh's able to do going forward defensively. Offensively, this team, it was kind of a tough watch. But defensively, they, they were able to get a lot of pressure on Joe Burrow and force a lot of mistakes. The thing that I will pause about, oh, hey, here come the Steelers, they needed four interceptions to win at four interceptions and just a whack load of missed field goals um, to, to go on and win this game. So I, I think, I don't think um, our over or sorry, our under on Pittsburgh is in serious jeopardy just yet. Um, concerns about the Bengals, though, because that, that was not the type of performance that I think they needed. And now you go into next week, and I think the Steelers are going to have a pretty easy time against New England, whereas uh, week two, the Bengals take on the Dallas Cowboys. That that should be kind of a, a bounce-back spot for them, but we'll see how all of that plays out. Miami with a statement win, 20-7 to over the New England Patriots. This was another thing. If we wanted to take Miami seriously this year, they needed to do this exact thing to New England. I think it's going to be a very long year in New England, but I, I am happy that we are on the Miami Dolphins going forward. There's going to be a lot of hand-wringing about trusting Trey Lance for the San Francisco 49ers. That was a very strange set of circumstances. And maybe it's because I have Lance in a fantasy league and we, we took the over on him. If he struggles next week against Seattle, then let's let's worry about it. But the conditions in Chicago were atrocious for a kid making um, just like his second or third start ever. So I, I'm not going to, to overreact either side, San Francisco or Chicago, just yet. Uh, the Colts and the Texans, the... the 
the Colts, that was a disappointing performance. That's one of the more disappointing performances of the weekend as uh, they come away with a tie against the Houston Texans. So we're going to have weird standings all season long. Bless them for that. But this was more the Colts disappointing than the Houston Texans winning. Uh, So there is your NFL rundown. Just a quick CFL note. um, The Winnipeg Blue Bombers clearly establishing they are the best team in the CFL. Uh, That was a dominant performance, albeit against a a rider team that was dealing with a bit of a flu issue throughout the locker room this week, but there was was just no resistance at all from Winnipeg. Uh, Now they go into Hamilton next week on Saturday while Saskatchewan is at home against Edmonton, so a get-right spot for them. But you look at like BC struggling against Montreal and losing 31 to 10. Calgary with a pretty impressive performance against a meh Elks team. And then Toronto scraping by against Ottawa. It really does feel like there is one great team in the CFL and a bunch of just, eh, okay. And right now it just feels like we're killing time until we hand the Grey Cup to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. music that you hear on Couch Potato Diary is provided by Wasted Talent. Find them on Instagram at Wasted Talent with X is where the A's would be and find the producer on Instagram at Tommy Fresh Music. Quickly into the UFC from a uh, couple of nights ago. UFC 279 from T-Mobile Arena. All the madness that went down with all the weigh-ins, changing up all the fights and we kind of said this on the bonus pod on Saturday. Weird night of fights. Don't think any of it meant anything. What did, what did we learn? Coming out of this one, that Li Jingliang isn't good at middleweight. Okay, I think he should have won that fight, but I also don't know if he did enough to to call for any kind of robbery. Uh, we established that Hamzat Chabayev is good against unranked fighters or lowly ranked fighters, so congratulations there. Um, and Nate Diaz beat Tony Ferguson in a fight that I don't know if either guy is going to be back in the Ultimate Fighting Championship. So. We, we we really didn't accomplish anything aside from just entertaining. And I think that was that was something that, like, midway through the night, uh, actually, like, kind of at the start of the Diaz-Tony Ferguson fight, I was like, because I was being a little skeptical on this. It's like, again, we're not learning anything. We're not establishing anything. This is kind of a shit show. Why did all of this have to go down? And then it was just like, you know what? We're seeing Nate Diaz against Tony Ferguson. This is just going to be fun. Just enjoy it. And it was weird. And it looked like Tony Ferguson wasn't taking it totally seriously. Um, it kind of looked like he was just kind of dicking around in a sparring uh, setup and just getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to do so. Weird, weird night. Very, very, very weird night for the UFC, but it, it gets Nate Diaz a bit more of his flowers, and I think that was kind of cool. To, to have it at the end be kind of a, a Nate Diaz celebration, um, with Dana White talking about him, and all the media kind of like big up in him at the end, really kind of cool to see. But overall, we didn't learn anything. Like, Hamzat is not any closer to about for the, the welterweight championship. I think he still has to make weight and have another fight at 170 pounds. That was a heel promo to, to end all heel promos uh, at the end of his bout. Um, like, for sure, don't say you'll kill everybody. That's, you know, not ideal. Um, but, like, he like Kamaru Usman against Leon Edwards is now definitely the fight in the welterweight division, and now Hamzat needs a, another big name to, to knock off at 170 pounds, not 178 pounds, um, if he wants to, to take a step forward. I will say... If he wants to just move up to 185, like just forget, like whatever weight cutting issues there were, just move up to 185 now um, and, and fight Israel Adesanya. 
I'm kind of okay with that. I don't really have a problem with it. Um, but like again, he would need to win a, a fight up there as well. Either way, this night did not move the next big prospect in the UFC anywhere closer to a championship bout. And that that's really... Really unfortunate. Uh, now we get ready for another pay-per-view coming up next month um, in uh, Abu Dhabi. So that will be uh, an interesting little bit of a moral conundrum there. But the fights are going to be really, really good on it. We also officially get the announcement that Dustin Poirier will be fighting Michael Chandler. Uh, so that will be a lot of fun. As far as the Calgary fighters are concerned, a tough night for them as Champions Creed MMA goes 0-2. Good showings from both. The thing that you love about it is that both of them... Pretty clearly down going into the final rounds, and both of them still came out, still scrapped, and still fought their way to the final bell. Uh, but both of them end up on the, the wrong sides of decisions. So we'll have more on this on a Fights in Football Friday coming up, um, oddly enough, on Friday. Uh, so that's going to do it for the show today. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Um, busy time around here. We will try to get a waiver wire show out tomorrow. Just a couple of quick thoughts on that. And then uh, Wednesday... Taking the focus a little bit away from football for a second, we're going to look back at some NHL stuff, back into the world of Major League Baseball, and then fights and football Friday. So again, another busy week here. Thank you all so much for tuning in, and I'll talk to y'all later. I'm out.